Welcome back to CITR 101.9 FM. You're listening to The Real World right now. Um, we're broadcasting live today from unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish territory from the UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Um, the Real World is the radio show affiliated with UBC Film Society, one of the oldest clubs on the UBC campus, um, where we just try and talk about film as much as we can or connect with other clubs and feature different people or clubs who are interested in it um yeah sometimes we talk about movies that we are screening that week and other times it's kind of just whatever we want it to be and this is one of those weeks again um I'm your host Alex and I'm here with my lovely best friend roommate and everything Rebecca hello um so today we're going to be talking about Sorry to Bother You um from 2018 directed by Boots Riley Mm -hmm. Um, But first, I just wanted to touch on the fact that this is a very important day in Vancouver. Um, So today is the climate strike, both at UBC, and then they will be heading over, yeah, to City Hall and then to downtown. Um, Yeah, so if you're out there, nothing to do, feel like you need to do something important, today's a good time to do that. Um, I was a little bit not sure of whether we would even do the show um but I think I don't know I think it's important to address it on air as well um and yeah we're gonna be heading to city hall right after this so come join us yeah we'll see you there I hope and if you're at UBC um yeah definitely head outside like I think they're right outside of the nest there's a big banner up um yeah it's a good thing to do and there's no better time than now definitely yeah, so we watched Sorry to Bother You this week. Um, I already had seen this last winter, I want to say, um, at, like, the Rio, I think. But, I yeah. I did not. Rebecca hadn't, so I was like, let's let's watch this. Yeah, I think um, you enjoyed watching me just be super surprised. Yeah, I gave her no, time. like, kind of inside info to what was going to happen. And even if you watch the trailer, like... The trailer's very surface level, and it kind of plays it as this comedy, comedy lighthearted. lighthearted yeah. um, you think it's really, really about telemarketing, which I definitely went into the, the movie being like, yeah. wow, so this is just about like this guy getting ahead in the telemarketing world and that kind of thing. But it doesn't, so yeah, we're not twists. clued into any of the kind of like, not post-apocalyptic, but like getting there. Yeah, it's like um, a dystopian California. They're in Oakland, yeah. I think. And... Or just a different universe, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it takes place in Oakland. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's kind of present time, I think, is what it's playing off of. But definitely, yeah. like, it's a really different time economically. Like, it seems like everybody is kind of struggling. And there's these facilities that are being offered for people to, like, live in this kind of prison style environment but Mm -hmm. they have all their needs taken care of and they're fed and they have you know a bed and everything but they work in like factory line kind of settings and they have a lifetime contract and it's very similar to a jail yeah they have bunk mates and locked doors and Mm -hmm. uniforms but in some strange way the, the the cribs are like really fancy and they have really nice mirrors and gold and they just make them look strangely nice when they're advertising it, at least, throughout right. the film. Yeah, so we see it being advertised on televisions and billboards and everything that this is, like, a way out for people who 
might be losing their home or just don't have enough to make it or can't support their families this is kind of like an escape from that um, yeah that's it's like a glorified sweatshop at least that's what they're selling it as mm-hmm. but then you we hear throughout the film that it just is a sweatshop and they're just working people into yeah the and it's just like a modern form of slavery basically mm-hmm. um that yeah people are making huge amounts of profit from um, so, Sorry to Bother You follows the main character, Cassius Green. Cassius Green. Um, I guess, and I feel like in the start, we kind of see him as this nobody. It The film starts with him interviewing for this telemarketing job, and he has, like, a fake employee of the year plaque from his, trophy. F- like, fake previous job mm-hmm. and a trophy. Um, and he's trying really hard to just, like, amp himself up, but the interviewer knows that he's lying but also still hires him because like anybody can work at this telemarketing place pretty much um but that really like sets kind of the character i think for cassius right and you see that he's trying to be somebody Mm -hmm. um and make himself into something um or what he deems as the you know the most important thing um but yeah so he starts at this telemarketing job his friend works there the idea is that you can go if you make enough sales, you are able to move up, and they always point above them mm-hmm. um, because apparently it's, it's the floor above them. Power callers, the power callers, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Well, if you do PC, this, you can baby. be a power caller, yeah." Um, and that's supposed to be like the the be all end all. You get to be a power caller, you're like top of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Cash just kind of uh, grabs onto that, and it's working really hard to be there but yeah, he learns he wants to be somebody that the only way to be successful is to put on his white voice and that was something that was really interesting because he had a co-worker an older black man talk about how you have to put on a, a white voice mm-hmm. um and that was something it, it wasn't even the type of voice because cash just kind of plugs his nose and does this nasal voice mm-hmm. um, which was very good also but it was this idea that if you have if you're putting on your white voice you're embracing this ease of white privilege um yeah, and you're just he sounding it, like you're entitled you to feel this carefree you feel like your life. bills are paid mm-hmm. that you have a future you're just gonna jump like, in your maserati wow. after work mm-hmm. um and it worked he puts on his white voice and he makes all the sales i didn't actually look at who voices it's uh david david rock uh, that part da- uh, yeah i'm not sure um but it's it's a really interesting just like aspect of the film in that it is overdubbed like it's not Cassius Green or the actor pretending to be white like they literally just have, have a white a voice, white voice mm-hmm. that's dubbed over it um so that in itself is is really interesting to just like be hearing that audio but also seeing David Cross Cassius's mouth moving oh oh I know who that is yeah. He's a um, Yeah, and he's in Arrested Development, yes. Tobias. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Patton Os- Oswalt was um, the other character who's a, a power caller, who was also the Ratatouille voice. Oh, okay. That, it all makes sense all now. all the voice actors, yeah. I'm connecting all the dots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like a really interesting aspect of it. And, and when eventually... Cassius does become a power caller and he gets to go to the top of this building. Um, the man who greets him there, who's like a kind of maybe the leader of the power callers or the manager, I don't know, who's also black. Um, he he says like, oh, white voice only up here. Mm-hmm. And so it starts to get this really blurry line where Cassius is always speaking this way. And you can't remember his other voice. Yeah, he like when he's talking to his partner or something, he he can't get out of that mode. Like it's hard to switch out. He has to really think about it. Um, so yeah, just the, like the voice aspect. There's so much mm-hmm. to unpack there, and and also unionizing. They talk they talk a lot about how they can make more money because we're shown that the management and owners of this company are just trying to find work in the cheapest way possible but make the most profit Mm -hmm. which i think is (laughs) reminiscent to what we're going through now right um but they no i lost my train of thought would you say that this movie kind of yeah like uses themes and things that are happening now but just like presents them in this really kind of overt 
um not necessarily yeah. exaggerated but just very like obvious way yes definitely and i was reading a little bit um from the guardian and they were talking about uh, going back to the unionizing part of it is as cassius is moving moving up to power callers he his friends and co-workers in the other section the like telemarketer i don't know what they're called the normal callers mm-hmm. um are trying to form a union so that they can get paid more um and so i think cassius is pretty torn between you know the paycheck that he's going to receive by being a power caller and helping other people receive a bigger paycheck i think that part is interesting because like i think we were both very getting more and more angry at cassius Mm -hmm. as a character because we're like can't you see what you're doing is wrong and you're you know contributing to the exploitation of millions of people and things like that so also to background that the power callers so regular telemarketers they're selling normal products um, everyday use things yeah that aren't really specified because they're not really important it's Mm -hmm. more about like those people and the position that they're in Um, but power callers are selling like literal firepower and manpower and like bodies and it was referred to as the holocaust what goes on for the power callers what they do because they're selling the Mm worry-free people right so another character compared it like oranges they were like, apples like oh it's like apples to oranges right and this character is like no it's like apples to the, to holocaust. the holocaust um which early on we're like oh i don't, I don't really understand, understand. yeah but it's it's extremely literal i think mm-hmm. with the power callers that they're like we'll sell you you know all of these people all of these laborers to do work at like you know for pennies things like that yeah um yeah so that was pretty crazy that was uh there's so many layers to the film and so many themes um, and the way that it was communicated was incredible. I don't know how we were able to absorb it all. I don't but think I have. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're still dissecting it. Like, yeah, every um, time I think about it, there's like a new side of it that I hadn't thought about before. Um, yeah. But I was saying before that like we, yeah, we get really angry with Cassius and yeah. he gets farther and farther up in this company and he is being very successful at making these calls and selling like all of this all of these people and workers and you know weapons and things like that um but I always like I'm thinking if we were in that position what would we do if you know if you're you're somebody who hasn't really done anything meaningful with your life or you feel very purposeless and directionless and suddenly everyone is telling you you're really good at this thing Right. And they're just throwing money at you to keep doing that thing. And yes, it is morally Well, it's the like selfish emaciating. Versus selfless. <laughs> like how how can he merge the two? And I was thinking about that during that that point. Mm-hmm. Um because when it comes to money, it can be such a selfish thing. You want to keep it all. Right. Especially when you're moving up and you don't have a lot to start out with. Mm-hmm. Um But the thing that was a little disappointing was that he didn't even say anything to the power caller management he didn't say well we're getting such high paychecks is there any way that it can kind of disperse among the other people yeah that are i think below we're, we're given the impression that that is just not a not thing a thing and it not doesn't a possibility happen. yeah or the fact that he's like well i've just bought a maserati and like literally the day i got hired mm-hmm. and that paycheck maybe he could have been like hey guys let's let's figure out how we can split this or you know but he kind of left them behind very quickly yeah i guess i mean thinking about applying that to real life now i don't know we're about to graduate and we have to think a lot about like careers and things like that and i always am thinking about like how much of what i want to do or parts of myself would i compromise for money Mm. like if i had a really well-paying job but it's not like necessarily when I what I want to do and maybe it's not you know as ethically horrible as being a power yeah, caller is yeah. hopefully um but yeah I guess it just made me think about like what we're willing to do for a big paycheck if right. we're, we're people who aren't used to that you know who our goal is kind of to become stable and to have direction and to be able to pay our bills and things like that um I don't know yeah how much are we willing to give up of ourselves right. to earn some more money and that's that really resonates with a lot of people Mm -hmm. and i think we see 
caches go through that and then think about what we would do in that situation even though it's a you know alternate universe right but it we see how he loses his soul and it just kind of he's not himself anymore and he's willing to do a lot worse because of the paycheck um and that's what keeps him going it's just the dollar signs right so it was surprising and sad but also understandable like it's not so surprising because i know that people do that now Mm -hmm. just in different ways or in like more subtle not as explicit ways but people are definitely like equating profit and paychecks and whatever to like the value of you as a person and how much you're contributing to society and things Mm -hmm. like that um which i think is interesting too so cassius's um girlfriend detroit who's like an artist and kind of like a big activist as well um at the beginning she they're like talking in bed and he tells her something along the lines of like well you've got it figured out you know what you want to do you care about what you do like um you've got it down but like what she does isn't necessarily lucrative like we see her her job is spinning a sign on a street corner right it's her own sign though it's right. her. It's her because she's an artist. She makes her own signs that say words mm-hmm. that like provoke something. Sometimes people honk or then the arrow's pointing in some yeah. direction. But we don't necessarily but see how money is involved, involved in her work at all, except no. like one time Cassius tells her, like, just rich people buy your art or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so it's interesting also to compare their situations. Yes. That she does have like a very strong direction and she knows what she cares about and what she's passionate about. Well, and um, later on we see her, you know, she's not happy that Cassius is putting on this white voice. She mm-hmm. doesn't like it. Doesn't she doesn't like that, but she has her own show and is I think kind of talking about one of her pieces to this white man and she puts on this British accent. Um which to me, I was like, is that her white voice? Is that how she sells her pieces? This kind of pretentious British um, describing her pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's not questioned in the film, though. Cassius doesn't go, oh, why is she doing that voice? It's right. like he's heard it before. I guess he, he kind of understands, that, yeah. Which that, is like, interesting because she didn't they have accept to sell themselves. In yeah, him selling himself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Different products in the end, like what they're selling, but... Yeah. Still same kind of goal to move up and make some money. Mm-hmm. And I guess with Detroit's case, like her art show was focused around um, Africa and kind of her heritage as well as like how colonialism and capitalism has like depleted it of its resources mm-hmm. and taken advantage of like, you know, natural resources as well as people. Um, but still in like that show and selling the art and whatever like she does use a white voice which is i guess just speaks to the fact that our society like needs people of color to like change themselves to Mm. be accepted or like they have to you know alter yeah certain parts of themselves to like fit in or things like that um and this i mean this film shows it in like a very literal way the guardian actually mentioned code switching Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people have to do yeah, um, that are not white Mm -hmm. just to make their way up in society and advance. And I think they focus a lot on that. Yeah. And especially voice is, is very important. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know my, my mom, when she moved to Canada, like if she wanted to call the doctor or something, they would just like hang up when they heard that she didn't have like a Canadian or American accent. I mean, this was the 80s also, which was, like, worse. But, I mean, there's still issues with that now. But, yeah, voice is, like, that's you're not even seeing the person on the phone. You know, it has nothing to do with who they are or anything, any background or what they might need help with. It's just, like... The media judgment is based on voice. Exactly. And I think this, the movie really, like, pinpoints that. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we'll take a quick break, but we'll be back to talk more about Sorry to Bother You. Um... Yeah, Detroit has some really cool earrings. I wish we could, like, show you visually somehow because they're so awesome. Um, But, yeah, we will be right back. Um, First song I have coming up is Out of My Mind by Monsoon. And, yeah, we'll see you soon.
From September 26th to October 11th is the Vancouver International Film Festival. VIF presents the world's best cinema fused with related talks and events in a unique Films Plus model. Annually, VIF presents over 320 films and events, plays host to approximately 400 industry professionals from around the globe, and boasts the largest Canadian film program in the world. Tickets are on sale now. Go to vif.org or the Van City Theatre box office to purchase yours today. Wake up. Now the patriarchy is dead, and we killed it. If you identify as a woman, femme, trans, or non-binary, CITR wants you on the air. You can talk about literally whatever you want as long as you care about it. No worries if you have no experience, we'll train you in everything you need to know. Come by CITR and say hi. Hey, hi, hello. From 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday to help us never play Led Zeppelin on CITR 101.9 FM ever again. Hey, welcome back to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. Um, you're back with your host, Alex, and my friend. Hello. That's Rebecca. Rebecca. <laughs> um, if you missed us before, we were just talking about Sorry to Bother You this week. Um, the two songs we just played, one is, the first one was Out of My Mind by Monsoon, and the second one is My Love by Mae. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. Um but uh, yeah, we are back to talk more about Sorry to Bother You. We left off kind of talking about um, Detroit's yeah, earrings. Detroit's earrings. The that's that's where we were picking character. up. Yeah. Um, I wish there was a way to show people because they're just so cool. And just do yourself a favor and watch the movie. For, or look them up. Yeah. I bet you could find pictures of them for sure. Right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, we're kind of introduced to her earrings very early on in the film um and it's not i don't know like to what extent they're incredibly incredibly important but mm-hmm. i just love like that the camera gives it attention and yeah, the music kind of changes. changes it becomes a little like slow-mo almost mm-hmm. and there's they get a lot of screen time they do get a lot of screen time so right from the beginning i was like there's something about this it started off someone was like i like your earrings and it just we just got sucked in the camera got closer to them she got this like sparkle glow mm-hmm. going and looked at the camera and we were drawn in right away and then i never stopped looking for what her earrings said yeah or what and they, they kept were. changing they changed in every so scene. i think the first ones that we see um they're like huge earrings i think like maybe reddish gold color or something mm-hmm. And they say, like, murder, murder, murder. And then the other earring is, like, kill, kill, kill. 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 Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, the first time the music changes. And it's kind of, like, I don't know. It just yeah. really draws me in. I'm a big earring fan. We're both big earring fans big. over here. So I was yeah. just very, that was right and, up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> and that even the smallest thing is saying is a statement. She's yeah, I think she, she she's a really one. big symbol of that. At one point as Yeah, well. she did have earrings that were two electric chairs, which I guess kind of goes towards, like, the incarceration stuff we were talking about um with worry free and just how like prisons are kind of reinvented in this world but they're still equally you know harmful and just putting a lot of people quote behind bars they're not really behind bars in this movie but they kind of are yeah um she also has like a pair that is like glitter penises earrings um I don't know. I Those just thought just that funny. was the fun yeah. and like good commentary on her, like as a female in the movie. Um, she's kind of the main woman woman in the movie. Yeah, that's it. Um, but I think she, yeah, gets a lot of stuff done, and she is kind of this, not necessarily a symbol, but like everything she does with her artwork, um, or she'll like she joins this organization in the film that's called left eye and they're basically fighting against worry free and fighting against all of these like corporations that are trying to profit off of people um so she's like going around doing like graffiti spray stuff Mm -hmm. and everything um so she's kind of yeah in this in the movie this icon of like what 
activism can look like Mm -hmm. and kind of the different forms it can take as well from something as seemingly mundane as an earring to, you know, graffiti and post ring or um, her art shows and things like that where she does like a performance piece as well. Right. And it just also completely contrasts what Cassius is doing Mm -hmm. and like the she we can see that she knows what she believes she knows where she's headed right and every action that she does has a purpose Mm -hmm. and cash is still still getting there yeah she's very sure of herself Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to remember i can't remember like specific lines or anything but i just love the way her character speaks and is very certain and confident and she ends up also joining um, the telemarketing job. And so they have like this 20 minute kind of boycott where they're going to put their phones down to kind of show management that, you know, we don't belong to you. Right. You don't own us and you need to pay us more. And that was kind of the start of their union. Mm-hmm. The attempt to create yeah. Union. So that was the first time anything had really happened like that in the workplace. Yeah. Um, and she was there for that and really like amped and everything. Um, so it's good to see that. Um. Where else did we want to go? Well, as throughout this time, um, Cash is moving up and he becomes a power caller. And um, we see he he's really successful. He's pushing through with um, like policemen with batons or the, the policemen in that universe mm-hmm. um, to get through the wall of uh telemarketers that are protesting to create a union mm-hmm. um every day and seeing his friends walking past um his girlfriend yeah so he's and really backstabbed them he's, at this point yeah and yeah that's not great but he goes up in the gold elevator and each time he rides up the elevator the elevator says you're looking very fertile you're looking <laughs> very beautiful today and it's pretty much just complete flattery you're at the prime of yeah your you're life. the prime of your life um uh, it's hilarious and very painful mm-hmm. um, because they kind of makes them think that way. He starts to right, think that way. Right, he's buying into it. Um, but kind of a point I wanted to touch on was as he's going through this wall of his ex-coworkers, I guess, um, that are protesting, someone throws a Coke can at his head. Mm-hmm. And it hits his head and he starts to bleed. I don't know. It, it was like, must have been a really hard cocaine or something. Um, and it leaves, it, it's a gash in his head that continues until like maybe the last 30 minutes of the film. They keep it there. He has a, a white around his head. bandage around it for the rest of the film. And um, someone caught it on video and it became this viral, viral thing. Uh, yeah. And people were dressing up as him. I guess it's for Halloween, actually. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it. But around that time, little kids are wearing an Afro with a Coke can, like, stuck to it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember his the name of his character, like, who he is to mm-hmm. dress up for as Halloween. But I don't know. like, smile and have a Coke. Smile and have, yeah. Bad word. Bad word, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the woman that threw the Coke became really famous, had her own TV show. Well, didn't it end up that she was actually hired by the like coke company to, to advertise throw it and like her throwing it and hitting him was like the ad oh i don't i don't remember that but i think it had come out that, she, that it was already she was already like commissioned, commissioned by them and so that's why the video was like just of her directly and then throwing, throwing it. it so it's like i thought that was so interesting because even her as this activist and we see her earlier on tv screens as like one a member of the left eye yeah um organization and things like that but even her she like is profiting in some way yeah is part of that system yeah wow i didn't realize that that's crazy yeah Um, and then we see her later on tv like in an ad for them and like super different Mm -hmm. and everything like that so i guess yeah i don't know money can change even the people who are like really against those causes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that or maybe she never was for it i don't know but um it's just interesting that like yeah that even can be turned into a money-making scheme like right. literally anything can become like and, profitable. and it sticks with him because it was viral mm-hmm. just like now right we can remember memes from years ago someone will be like oh remember that one and i'm like whoa yeah yeah and just all ago. the stupid stuff, videos like... and things that stick but then if we talk about 
Mm, I don't know. I think it d- depends on the person for sure. But I think in most conversations, I'm not hearing too much about like human rights or any politics or history from years ago. Right. We kind of move past that. Um, and it's just it depends on what sticks with the person. But I think it was a really good touch on that. These kind of meaningless things that are funny for the time being continue to be with us and stick in our head right and i think it's also speaking to just how oversaturated yeah our like news feeds are or tv channels or whatever options to get yeah but all of it is just kind of filled with this yeah just very sensationalist content that i don't know yeah it doesn't really go anywhere there's a, a tv show on like in the in the movie that's called i got the shit kicked out of me yeah um where they literally just have people go up and they beat people up beat them up on public television and they're all bloody and everything um which we as viewers are like oh my gosh that's crazy but how far away really is that from the kind of content that we are watching today yeah and it's just like you know this distracting thing that i'm sure if people you know years ago could see what we have on television now they would be you know just appalled well i'm thinking about going to like a restaurant and seeing you know what's playing on tv sometimes it's sports other times it's the like the fail videos Mm -hmm. and i cringe i can't really watch it but the fact that there's a compilation of videos of people failing at a sport yeah, with like a laugh track with the laugh track (laughs) live and that there are people around me that are tuned in Mm -hmm. and at to it, it it it's the same thing you know, it's not a show that's hosted by someone and they're not swimming in pee or whatever they did in the show. Right. They took it definitely too far, but they still There's something bad there. is happening. Then we're yeah. seeing them be hurt, possibly breaking a bone. And, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it really doesn't feel too far off too from far. like, yeah, fail videos or I don't know, Jersey Shore, America's MTV content. Yeah. Um, I don't know I'm just thinking of that one video of like Kim Kardashian losing her ring in some body of water and her like crying about it I don't know why that's coming to mind but it's just like the fact that I can remember that Mm -hmm. is is pretty crazy right even though like I don't follow it or anything like that but you just kind of have constant exposure to this kind of stuff versus you know kind of more hard pressing hard hitting issues are not getting necessarily the coverage or exposure that, they, that need. they need and that's kind of what Cassius realizes he meets Steve Lift who is the creator of Worry Free mm-hmm. and ends up kind of he Just also owns huge the telemarketing company yeah. and yeah um, who's played by Army, Army Hammer, Hammer. <laughs> and who's like the perfect Steve Lift just uh, his yeah. voice everything his attitude his charisma everything about him is is great um, and he he gets he goes to a party and sees just kind of this underworld of um people in this industry who are mostly predominantly white right mm-hmm. it's just him and his other uh co-worker at the power yeah. and throughout the party we definitely see how they are like oh. treated differently or there's that one that one part where they're all sitting in the living room yeah and then they like, ask Cassius to rap no no they at well first they're like tell us some like street stories mm-hmm. and Cassius is like I what like, I, don't I don't have, have any. any and they were like come on you must and they're like we don't have anyone like you here we've never had anyone like you here mm-hmm. so they're like he's sitting in this empty space and they're all surrounding him on this couch and he sits on the ground and he's like I really don't have anything to say and they're like oh but you can rap and so painfully, he's like, okay, I'll try. He's like, I can't rap, but I'll go for it. Mm-hmm. And he ends up doing it, and it's it's painful because he can't. And he said that. But the assumption is that he can because he's black. And everyone around him is, like, bobbing to it. And, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a hard, definitely a hard part to watch. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess throughout the party, we just see, yeah, this kind of unfair treatment and the way people are. It's very, like, tokenist. Yes. Um, and just also the excess of the party, just, like, how much money we see there, how much, like, Coke we see there. There's so much consumption. Um, versus, you know, the kind of lifestyle that Cassius and his friends are living. 
Um, it's just like a crazy, crazy contrast, which again, still like really resonates now with how much wealth is centered into like specific areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is where things get pretty crazy. Right. So we, <laughs> well, Steve left trust cash mm-hmm. to show him this video of the next generation of workers that they're creating now. Yeah. Uh, ends up kind of being like about how if they if you snort this certain substance you turn into this half human half horse um what were they called e equisapiens equisapiens yeah um and that's supposed to be like the ultimate person or yeah they're stronger than humans they have more endurance um, yeah and we as humans naturally should be evolving this way because throughout history we've been pushing ourselves and you know trying to make these technological advancements so to Steve Lift this seems like a very natural rational thing to do that you know this is the direction we need to be going efficiency wise productivity wise to maximize profit like Mm -hmm. this is what needs to happen Um, and he it's just that part is so funny because you can just tell that he has no idea how ridiculous it is like he's so out of touch with what is real anymore Mm -hmm. and what is you know not ethical and what's not okay and Cassius of course like this is freaking crazy and we see Cassius he's trying to find a bathroom and he ends up going into the wrong room and stumbles into these equisapiens Mm -hmm. um who are you know just in excruciating pain and and they have human voices but not human faces but human body and it's 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 cringeworthy. You're yeah. like sitting there. You get the chills because you're like, I don't. I feel really sad for these this type of animal or right. you know this worker and how do, how do they stop this? And mm-hmm. it ends up that Cash loses his phone there while he's kind of running out because he's freaking out. And the Equisapiens take a video, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the catalyst of this movement next, where Cash realizes that he's not contributing to a great system. Um, and that he should rejoin his friends in this protesting union. Yeah. Um, and they do accept him, which is really nice. Right. But the fact that it took this like crazy, crazy thing. shocking thing oh, for him to finally, you know, take a stand and be like, whoa, this is not cool. Um, this is not what I signed up for. This shouldn't be happening. Well, it was until it affected him, right? He right. had done some cocaine that night and the substance that they were sniffing in the video looked like that Mm -hmm. and so he freaked out yeah so he was really worried that he was going to be turned into an equisapien which steve lift was like no it's not it's just coke right everything's fine Mm -hmm. um but until it you know really involved him yeah he wasn't interested yeah so um just i mean I, we can say, you know, sitting here that that's not a good way to live your life. But it but goes along with his selfishness. Well, it's also like just how most people, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure I would act like that in a lot of situations, you know, where, like, we can't necessarily, if we're not trying to, we can't feel, like, the impact that things have on other people or, like, people who don't have voices to speak up until it Definitely. really is something that affects us. And that's, like, you know, a privilege that we have that we can wait till that last moment um mm-hmm. i don't know which is why like it's is more important now than ever to to not be that kind of person to be waiting until like oh now it's affecting me but it has been affecting millions before it even gets to you seems to tie a lot to the climate climate strike today yeah what do you know <laughs> <laughs> um sneaky yeah i think are we are we taking a break or are we we're good um i think we can take a quick break um yeah we'll have a breather and yeah we'll be back to close off the show and kind of just wrap up some final thoughts maybe um but yeah before i know i'm gonna run out of time at the end of this do try and go to the climate strike today if possible Mm -hmm. even if you only can go for like you know 20 minutes half an hour your body being there matters um i think it's easy to feel like one person can't necessarily do anything and you know even if you're not you know vegan or vegetarian you can make tiny differences every day yeah some really interesting make connections meet people feel like inspired or at the very least feel like you know 
change is possible and that Mm -hmm. we're not just in this like overwhelming situation that we can't get out of but there are people who care and there are people who are committed to this and willing to put in time and and one person can do something yeah can contribute and even if you're making you know if it starts with tiny changes that end up with you making bigger changes in your life like that's awesome in itself that's all we want yep um so we are going to play uh strathcona by kylie v who is a local vancouver artist and then we'll be back to talk more about sorry to bother you Los Angeles pop-punk duo Bleached will be at the Biltmore Cabaret on October 8th with guests Dude York and Necking. Don't miss the show and grab your tickets at mrgconcerts.com or at Red Cat Records. Welcome back to The Real World on CATR 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Alex. Um, thanks for that quick break where we played Strathcona by Kylie V. Um, I'm here again with my buddy, Bex. Hello. And we've been talking about Sorry to Bother You. We're just in our final stretch now. Um, so we're just going to have some closing thoughts and wrap up. And then mm-hmm. we're going to zoom on over to the, the climate, climate strike. strike. Uh, down by City Hall. So hopefully we'll see you there. Um, yeah. Where well, were we? we ended on Cash kind of being introduced to these Equa sapiens, mm-hmm. the horse human ultimate 
workers. Um, and then he, we were also talking about the TV show. Um, he leaves his phone with the horses. Right. And they the record this like SOS video. Video. Which um, also conveniently has Steve Lift Steve in the Lift video. In I love that. It's and just the like worry free workers. It got everything. Um, but the phone is also on the ground. So it's just a great, mm-hmm. great angle. Very convenient. Uh, and ends up that it was sent to Detroit, Cash's girlfriend. Um, and Detroit is like, you sent it at 3 a.m. I don't, you know, I didn't want to open it, didn't know what it was. He's like, oh, my God, let me see it. And so they open it and they see that it's these, the Equisapiens kind of calling for help. Yeah. And Cash takes initiative and he goes and calls the newspaper um, and also gets on TV shows. But it doesn't really make a difference, we see. It ends up making more, Steve Lift and his company more money. Right. With so the their, publicity. Their that stocks increase because people are like, wow, this is a huge advancement in like, Genetic, genetic mutation, mm-hmm, yeah. things like that. Um, so actually, he really benefited from it the fame, out. and yeah. it didn't. Yeah, it didn't affect anyone else. Nobody else was freaking out really, or anything. Yeah, and we'd see that Cash was still recognized as the guy that got hit on the head with a coke mm-hmm. can versus the guy who was trying to um, share the truth about this company. Yeah, and Cash's is Cash's friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> Squeeze, who is kind of like. The one who organized the unionizing Union. process and, um, yeah, just cares a lot about that. He said something about just that people grow so comfortable with something and they accept something. So even though they know that this Equisapien thing is happening, um, they don't feel like necessarily threatened by it because mm-hmm. the whole state of things is already so messed up. And they're already so used to being, you know, profited from and living in this society that operates this way that this doesn't, you know, push them over the edge right. necessarily. I think that was um, relatable to now. And we talked about this. What sticks with us, like memes, funny videos mm-hmm. versus like mm, politics. Yeah, or... and that, that comfort. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just accepting things as they are or pushing it away as, like, not a now problem. Um, it's something that can be addressed later by different people who aren't me. Right. This, yeah, just pushing away of responsibility or anything if and, it doesn't directly affect you or something. Right. So the next step was Cash and Squeeze organized kind of a more intense protest to make it so that the power callers couldn't even get into the doors of the company. Mm-hmm. So they did like a human wall and then they brought in some of Detroit's art pieces that were like uh, so stable that they couldn't get through them. And it kind of turns into this really dystopian dark war um, scene almost where like SWAT cars are pulling up and taking people away. Yeah. So we see also a lot of like police brutality in that so scene, much which is brutality. pretty relevant to now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just people who aren't even like fighting back. They're just trying to run away or being clubbed and beaten and thrown into the back of these cars yeah Mm -hmm. people literally running them over Um, and so cash is kind of um he's arrested and put in the back of the swat car and he's watching all of this happen through this slit in the back of the truck Um, and that's our our view as well yeah so then suddenly things are starting to change these equisapiens have escaped escaped and they're helping out these people and fighting back against the police um, using, you know, the superhuman strength that they were given. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, yeah, get to see this kind of weird, like, reunion type scene between them. Yeah. Friendship or, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then Squeeze, you know, he, he like, hits his chest and he says, you know, same cause. Mm -hmm. We're working towards the same thing. Yeah, that gave me the chills. It was was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. and towards the end, we see him move back from his very bougie, nice apartment. Back to his garage. Back to his garage. <laughs> He's, it's not the same. He's taken the furniture from that nice apartment and brought it in this garage mm-hmm. and kind of changed, kind of just showing this growth and new step. Um, Detroit is back living with him. And, and then he turns into a horse. Then he turns into a horse. <laughs> so 
it was that was a big surprise i think because we don't really know the time uh how time passes in this but it feels like a long time has passed the bandage is off his head at this point um he's gone from making a lot of money to just being him again Mm -hmm. and working towards a common goal yeah um yeah, I would suggest just watching the movie and you yeah. can make what you want of the ending. Um, I think there's a lot of interpretations there that are available. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. And we're going to be going to the climate strike now. Yes. So hopefully see you there. And you can tune in not next week, but the week after. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Sorry to Bother You. Go to the climate strike and have a good uh, rest of your weekend. Mm-hmm. Thanks. thanks. Bye.